The commentary and interviews of this podcast are for entertainment, information, and conversation purposes only. The views and opinions expressed during this episode are those of the individual speakers and do not represent the views or opinions of any specific church, denomination, organization, or third-party affiliate. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, he's so much more professional. Yes, he is. And I still stand by that. Yes, I would punch Jesus. You would punch Jesus. I would. Here's the upside of punching Jesus. Okay. He forgives me. He does. You think Jesus will punch back? He might. It probably would depend on how hard I punch him and where I punch him at. That's true. Like if I punch him really hard in the stomach, he probably would punch me back. If I punched him like lightly on okay. the shoulder, he probably wouldn't. All right. If I punched him in the privates, he would definitely punch back. <laughs> okay so yeah punching jesus in the privates is bad don't do that <laughs> all right yeah uh sweet so you ready to get going yeah sure um oh we had one other question i mean we can address this okay we could officially be going or not i mean we are officially going i mean but yeah. as far as what you put on the in the world for everybody here you know and, and all that stuff we could have them hear us discuss this now or not so we're talking this is gonna be a two-parter we haven't actually introduced our show start of the show yet so they should okay. be used to this by now. This is what, episode 17? I don't know. Is it 17? Th- <laughs> Who knows? So, <laughs> Hey guys, welcome to the podcast about God and other stuff. It's Pastor John here. Yeah, and Pastor Kumar. And right now the other stuff is discussing our schedule, I guess. Apparently. Um, so this we is a two-parter. Very, this two-parter. is a two-parter. At least. Do we want to record all the way through and then you cut it later into two parts? Or do you want to pause and breathe and then go to the other two parts? Let's see how I'm doing, because okay. you brought a drink. I did not. Ah, I came uh, prepared. You did come prepared. Uh, I was, I was, yeah. So, uh, side note, we probably sound really, really, really good right now because of, tell us why, Pastor Mark. All right, so we are at the ARC exhibit. Um, I met this guy, uh, Richie, and um, I met him through Pastor Richard, which you guys met a couple episodes yeah. back. Um, and he's somebody new to where we live, Hopkinsville, Kentucky, and he's out to try and do something positive in the community by starting up an actual independent record label and recording studio and all that. And so we're actually here. It's called the Arc Exhibit. Um, he actually has a sign out in front of me. He's calling it Hip Hop Town USA. Because um, Hop Town, for those of you who aren't in Hopkinsville, we call Hopkinsville Hop Town. Yep. And so literally just put a hip in front of that, and that's Hip Hop Town. How, how ingenious, right? I like it. And yet literally he's the first person I ever heard say that. I know. Yeah. I know. Great. But yeah. so so we're there and, and we'll see how this works out. I mean, if it's amazing stuff, like that'd be really great because one of our issues we've always had is that John works so hard to make our podcast beautiful and awesome and amazing that he doesn't have any energy left to make his voice sound amazing too. Yes, we've heard we've heard the outcries. We've heard the lack of love for John's voice and we just want to say we hear you and thank you and your opinions and thoughts matter. Yes. So now we're going to talk about death. Yes, because that's that is. So this two part one, this was uh, you can imagine this must have been my idea because I like to talk about things like this. You do. Um, you like the hard topics. And my we have a whole list. And again, if you have any topics, um, send them in to us. We actually have a list. Thank you for those of you who already um, sent in um, actual topic ideas because we take that very seriously. And I can tell you that we're going to do those. Yeah, um, Amber Irwin. I don't know you. Do you know Amber? Yes, that's my wife's cousin. I told you. I, you said her cousin was Denise. No, that's her aunt. Oh my goodness. Anyways, Amber, yes, I told him that I know you. How big is your people's family? We have families with people who are alive. Okay. I don't, I don't have that. It happens. If you're my family member listening, 
Thank you for being my family. Anyways, yes. But Amber, we appreciate your question, and we will be getting to that in the next few weeks, hopefully. Yes. Uh, but we appreciate that. So if you guys have other questions, just message us on Facebook because your questions matter. And to be honest, we have a show because you guys are listening. We have we hit some milestones this last week, which have been phenomenal, and we want to keep growing. And we want to make sure that we answer what you guys want to hear us talk about. Yeah. Um, so if you're still with us after us rambling, that's awesome. Thank you for sticking around. So today's topic was death and Christianity or Christian ethics. And the way I envisioned it, I was like, you know what? We're going to talk about death, but not just like, oh, people die. It's so sad. More like, let's make this really difficult and awkward and uncomfortable for people who listen to us. So in the next two episodes, I want to, we're going to try and cover abortion. Okay. We're going to cover euthanasia. Okay. We're going to cover the death penalty. And we're going to cover war. Okay. Four big topics when it comes to ethics and just death and people dying. All right. Um, that's the idea. And I think this is important to talk about as Christians because the original premise really behind this is why do we even care about human life? Sure. Um, human life is something that's unique and distinct and special to us as Christians. That's not true of every worldview or every religion, but within the Christian religion, we say people are distinct and different. Killing a chicken is not the same as killing a person. Okay. Um, and why is that, John? Why, is that, why, is that, why does that matter? Why is killing the chicken not as important as killing the... With the creepy door entrance. That was awesome. Yeah. As we started talking about death, that was perfect. So yes, why is killing a chicken? Us? Our wives just walked in to hear us talk about death and killing chickens. Yes. Uh, but Without mentioning chicken leather. We did not. Yes. Um, that is a thing as well, but that gets real weird. So the answer to your question is, is uh, can you rephrase it? Because that broke my whole concentration going on there. And <laughs> why, we're leave this why, is killing a, why is killing a chicken different than killing a person? Uh, because a chicken doesn't have a, a free will. Okay. A chicken doesn't have in the sense of the same things we do. Their chicken wasn't made to honor God like a human was. We are, we are made to honor God, to love God, to be his people here on earth, to share his, his goal, his, his kingdom. A chicken wasn't. So if I were to use churchy speak. Churchy speak. Let's say we have the image of God, chicken doesn't. Yeah, that's churchy speak. Yeah, churchy speak. Yeah. So for those of you who don't understand what we mean when we say bearing the image of God, that's what Pastor John just did for you. He explained what it means to bear the image of God. Okay. Of all this thing that comes in that with this idea of glorifying God and representing him in creation and serving him and, and all those other things. We use shorthand, say image. Yeah. yeah. But that's what you're describing because sure. it's oh, more yeah, exactly. than just I look like God. Like, yeah, no, it's more um, than because we all look different. Yeah. I mean. So that's why death matters. It is. I agree. So what do you want to talk about first? Well, here's my thing. First thing off is I was listening to this, this show, mm -hmm. another podcast, and uh, John Whitley had this quote in the show. The purpose of the gathering of the church is to prepare people for their encounters with death. Ah, yes. I heard that too. And I was searching for that quote. Uh -huh. I couldn't find that quote. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to reach out to the podcast, but I brought me up is whether it's an actual quote by that person or just a paraphrase or whatever. I think that's where we talk about is. The goal of the church mm -hmm. in death or with is to help people as they encounter death because we're encountering death every place we go. Yeah. Right. And the goal of the church is to walk side by side and be there with them. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Yes. Okay. So let's kick off the hard one first. Let's go with abortion. You say that's the hard one. I think so. All yeah. right. You might regret that by the time we get to the end. I may be crying later, but we'll see. All right. So abortion, is it bad? Okay. I'm asking you. Yes. Why? Okay, so here's why abortion is bad to me. And abortion is bad is, it to me is this. It, murder is its sin. Okay. 
Because the image of God thing we talked about. Image of God murders okay. a sin All or right. a killing. And then once a baby has a heartbeat, they're considered a human has a heartbeat. That is one way we, if you were a doctor uh -huh. and someone died on your table, uh -huh. what's the first thing you check? Hey, we're not doing euthanasia. We're not yet. Okay. Died on your table okay. and say you killed them. I All said right. they died. All right. So you check for a pulse. You check for a pulse. Which is not the same as a heartbeat. Okay. What is it? Well, a pulse is actually derived from the actual, pretty much the vibrations of your muscles that line the arteries but in your arms. Well, you have a pulse without a heartbeat. Yes. For how long? It depends. Like, you can also have a heartbeat without a pulse. I'm, again, Medical see, stuff. That's why we're going to have this because it is complicated because I'm okay, also going to challenge sure. you when you say, so a heartbeat makes it a person. Okay. Why a heartbeat? Why not conception? Uh, to be honest, I don't think about it that way. I don't know why. See, and that's so, to let everybody else in on this one. Sure. I'm going to try my best. This will be really hard for me. I'm going to try my best not to give my own opinions about some of these things. Okay. Although I'm going to force John to answer questions. Yeah. It's fun. That's going to get uncomfortable. Um, because. Sure. I recognize that it's really complicated. And there's a lot of Christians who feel different ways. Sure. But also, because it's really, really complicated. So the conception. Medically speaking, an organism, right, is it has its own unique DNA. Yeah, sure. So at conception, you already have that. Okay. Once the egg is fertilized, sure, you have sense. a whole new human organism with its own DNA. Okay. So most Christians don't view that as abortion, of stopping the implantation of an embryo in the mother's uterus. Okay, so you're saying forms of birth control would be considered could mentally be considered forms of abortion. Some people wouldn't. In fact, the guy who originally, I forget his name right now, he was a Catholic. He actually was kicked out of the Catholic Church, the guy who invented modern birth control. Okay. Um, but one of the issues he had with that was he recognized that this would block implantation. And so if your view is human life starts at conception, almost every form of birth control that has ever been taken that blocks implantation would technically qualify as abortion. Okay. And in fact, not just any abortion, you are... Technically speaking, slowly starving that baby to death. Okay. Inside its mother. Okay. If you feel conception is when life starts. So wouldn't abstinence be a form of abortion? No, because you're you're not going to have conception. Okay. But once you have egg fertilized by sperm, you now have new human life. Okay. And so some people would argue that anything you do to stop that egg from implanting and making it to being a fully born human being is abortion. Okay. So for me, though, I think once the egg is fertilized and once it becomes that human DNA is in there, I think that's when it becomes a, a person. So then blocking implantation is abortion. I could see how you could say that, but in my mind, it's not. It, it's more of controlling population growth. Is that a bit right? <laughs> you sound like somebody from Planned Parenthood. <laughs> oh, wow how many minutes are we in before we're laughing at abortion look at that that just happened um but i mean right isn't that not i mean no, i see what you, I, sanger right i, Planned Parenthood, I agree i agree with population. what you're saying but like, for me it's like in the sense of uh full disclosure mm -hmm. i've had a vasectomy in my life to make sure we did not have any kids so, me too and i am side point most amazing surgery ever. I love that surgery. I love doing that surgery. I could talk for days on that surgery. I love that surgery. Uh, side note, worst <laughs> surgery I've ever had in my life. And great recovery time because like, yeah, I was just tired. It's so elegant. It's such an amazing, beautiful surgery. You didn't have, 
Yeah, no, it wasn't elegant. You should have had him do your surgery. It hurt. Oh, it's... I, it hurt. Yeah, mine hurt too when I got mine done, but no, still, the most know, elegant... Ah, beautiful. Anyways. I have a story for you. I have a side note for you when about to talk about... I can't talk about it on the podcast because it gets real gross. <laughs> but it has to do with that, that surgery and why it wasn't elegant for uh, me. Back to your vasectomy and how this ties in with abortion. So, for me, like... So, we've... That's the step we took uh-huh. is because of that. So... In, in that same sense, that would be abortion because I'm eliminating my ability as a man to procreate. No, because what you're doing is there's no conception. Yes, but if I'm planning to to have sex, which leads to conception, then I would be eliminating that as that would be another form of birth control. You remind me of Dietrich, Dietrich Bonhoeffer has one of the really amazing quotes on abortion and why it's bad. And paraphrasing loosely here, he says more or less that Essentially, we can all acknowledge that God intended for that to be a human life. Okay. And you stopped that. That's why it's bad. Okay. And so in that sense, you're right with the vasectomy. That falls in line with Bonhoeffer's line of reasoning of what is abortion? Anytime I get in the way of when God is trying to make a new human life, that is abortion. So my question about that is also is this, is for abortion. The thing I take of, I have problems with abortion is this. I take offense at people who are getting abortions. Mm-hmm. Because of the convenience of it. They okay. don't want to be inconvenienced by having a child. But isn't that what we do with our vasectomies? Yes, but I'm also doing it in the sense of I'm putting that on me mm-hmm. and not on another person. And you believe that after conception or even just after there's a heartbeat, that's a human life already there. Yes. But what you've done, there's no human life that's actually being ended. Exactly. But there are some Christians who believe that you're not actually a human being with a soul and a life until you take your first breath. Yes. And there are also some Christians who handle snakes, and I don't agree with them either. But going back to the, the these wins with the whole first, when I first encountered this argument of the idea that sure. human life starts when you take your first breath, um, what I thought was interesting was they actually use a lot of scripture to justify that. Mm-hmm. For example, when was Adam truly a living human? And God breathed into him. And they look at that and they say, this is, this is that key. That until you take that first breath, and there are a lot of miracles that happen when a baby breathes in. Sure. Um, they say that that is when life starts. That, that it's not conception. It's not heartbeat. It's once you're pushed out of your mom and you breathe in and you cry out, that is when you actually get your soul and you are now a human being. Because you're not a human until you have the image of God. Just being a lump of flesh, just having DNA, none of that makes you human. You have to have that soul. And you get that when you take your first breath. Okay. So here's my thing with that, though, is saying, is that was Adam. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of things we always, as Christians, we take back to Adam. Yeah. But we can't. We actually have, we physically can't take our experiences or, or anything similar to that and to Adam. We have to go to his sons. Right. But the reason I say that is because one of the, one of the things was... Uh, for the issues of leaving the garden was childbirth. Mm-hmm. Woman would have to go to the childbirth. She would give birth, right? So in that sense, though, if you read scripture, it goes in the sense of the baby is in the in the mother. So the baby, is or, it already shows that God is putting the child in the mother, right? So in that sense, is it's a, we can't take things all the way back. And this is, this is not just with abortion, but with a lot of things as Christians, is we take it back to Adam and make it because Adam did it that way. It's justified. The issue is, is that was Adam in the garden, and we have to relate ourselves to Adam's sons outside of the garden. 
Hmm. The reason I say that is because if we take it to Adam, there's a lot of things Adam got to do, like walk around naked, right? I mean, I walk around naked in my house sometimes. That's an image I didn't need because now I just see you like Tom cruising it up in the hallway, right? But that's nothing but sliding down that banister, (laughs) just flapping in the wind. But that's the whole thing is right. But we can't take it to Adam in those situations. We have to take it to his sons because if we take it to Adam, we are saying that those those curses, uh-huh. those things that we have, had, Adam was given because of his sin and, and Eve's sin, mm-hmm. have skipped us, because that's the start of us. Well, but you also have scripture that says that you know what we were in Adam mm-hmm. when he was in the garden, and so that I, I guess I'm I'm only mentioning that because again I'm not sure stating where I'm at necessarily, but I think it's good we talk about this every so often too, open-handed, close-handed issues. And I know there are many, many people out there who are listening to this even, who I know personally, who would probably get upset at me saying this, but I do think that how you look at abortion in many cases is an open-handed issue, not a close-handed issue. Sure. It's not an issue of salvation. It really isn't. Oh, no, no. Um, no, and that's my thing is like, I there are some Christian people, men and women, mm-hmm. um, that we have different stances on abortion, and we have different things in different situations, and I really think it's not a... It doesn't boil down to salvation. It boils down to our personal preferences. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. So, because so if I have a, a Christian brother or sister who says, I believe life starts at conception, they might look at my wife and I from our years when we actually practice actual birth control pills, and they would say, you're actually aborting your children. Sure. And I've talked to my wife about that. Like I've sat there and I've said, if they're right, if I decide, because I don't really don't know where I feel on this one, mm-hmm. but if I decide that I do believe that life starts at conception, not at implantation, then that would mean that it's altogether possible that my wife and I have children that we'll meet in heaven, and they'll look at me and say, hey, Dad, um, I starved to death inside Mom. Hey, Dad, you were a jerk. Right? Or or at the same time, though, too, I have sisters and brothers in Christ who sit there and say, well, I believe life starts when they take that first breath. Yeah. And so they would sit there and say, that's not at all, Kamar. You have no reason to feel guilty about that because they never breathe. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a soul. They're not existing eternally like that. And they say, instead, I'm looking at trying to minimize the harm in society by having people raise up children and all this. And so that's their stance. And I can disagree with them while still having fellowship with them. I okay. may not be able to serve in the same church as them because it's something that's a very strong, serious issue, yes but I can still serve the same God as them. See, why, my question is, is why couldn't you say, serve, in the, serve in the same church? I didn't say that, and I said I may not. Because there's some people who the abortion issue is such a strong thing. For sure. them. It's kind of like you know alcohol, okay? For those of you who don't know, I am not a teetotaler. I don't believe in drunkenness, no, but I also don't believe in total abstinence of consumption of alcohol. Sure. That's just me. But there are some people who would not be able to fellowship with me in church because of my stance on that. And I say, that's fine. We can go to different churches. That's, that's fine. I'm okay with that. There are other people who also might get upset at the fact that I think it's okay to be a teetotaler. Yeah. Because I do think it's okay. And, sure. and I've met people who are like, how dare you say that's okay? Yeah, it's fine. But they're being a Pharisee. No, they're not. They just have a conviction of their moral you know, feelings that doesn't bug me either. Um, I, I exist in this more of a freedom kind of a world sure. to me. Um, but I recognize there's some people who might say, because of abortion, I can't fellowship with that person. And I say, fine. But you can still love them and be loved by them, and you can still glorify God together. So I think that's another question I have for you is how does the church deal with that? Because like abortion is a hot topic in our, our United States right now. It's been yeah. a hot topic for decades. Yeah, It's going to continue to be a hot topic. Um, you and I were just at a fundraiser a few mm-hmm. weeks ago where they had this giant announcement of stuff the Supreme Court was doing that yep. still hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. But what can the church do in those situations is because... What happens is if as a church, we celebrate 
changes in laws or things that would be anti-abortion laws in place, if we celebrate those, the issue is, is we're ostracizing those that are pro-abortion. Yeah. So there's that thing with that line that church has to really walk. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a scary part. And my wife, who I think is brilliant in love, she is... She has much stronger abortion opinions than I have, but she said this to me. She says, if we outlaw abortions in the United States, mentally to us, that may be a good thing. But the issue is, is that is going to have so many backlashes because there are going to be illegal places popping Mm -hmm. up to give abortions that are not guided by today's health standards we have set in America. Yeah. And she says, that scares me even more. I'll tell you that my, my answer to your question of how do we walk this out with love I think that having more conversations like this, of if we are, if we are transparent and honest and real about the fact that the Bible does not clearly tell us when human life begins, like you said, for those of us after Adam, sure, um, we know exactly when Adam became a human being. The Bible doesn't tell us exactly when I became a human being inside my mother, or if it was when I came out of my mother. I can have my own way of looking at scripture, interpreting scripture and saying, I think it was when conception happened because the verses on being knit together in my mother's womb. Or I think it was when I first cried because it talks about, you know, the spirit entering into someone. Or I think it was when I had a heartbeat because Jesus talks about did he sin in in his mother's womb or not. Like we can say all these things of I think because, Mm -hmm. but none of us possesses perfect theology. And I think that the way forward would be for us to acknowledge that, okay, you know what? Like Bonhoeffer, I can agree that getting in the way of the will of God is always bad. We should do our best to never try and be the people who are standing in the way of the will of God. But at the same time, we need to acknowledge the fact that what, what the will of God looks like. Come on in, Richie. Remember I mentioned uh, Richie, everybody? That's now him walking in here. That's, that's Richie. Yeah, he's just throwing up signs at us. That's cool. <laughs> but, but when I get in the way of the will of God, that's always bad. But how do I define the will of God here in this situation? That will always be complicated. That will always be difficult. And we will not always agree. And that is okay. Okay. I think, I think that's how, I think that's the way forward with that one. All right. Um, and, 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 and actually circling back a little bit, I want to say, I didn't say this at the beginning, but part of the, like, behind, the idea behind this conversation um, is kind of an attempt to reclaim what it really means to be pro-life. So you mentioned anti-abortion. Sure. Because the truth is, is that people say they're pro-life, but really most of them are just anti-abortion. Yeah, that, that's why I said it that way. Um, and that's not, I'm not saying that to say it's bad to be against abortion. I'm just saying that if you're against abortion, but let's, let's see here, let's move on to the death penalty. That's a good natural progression. Yep. Say I am against abortion, but I am in favor of the death penalty. Which a lot of people are. How am I pro-life? Because okay. I am actually pro babies being born and pro killing adults. Yes. I think the issue right there is that 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 boils down to the concept of validation. I wouldn't even say justice. I say validation for actions of a person. Okay. That's how I would put it. Because I say because we always use the word justice in that situation. The like, the they say. The death penalty is justice for the community or for a person based off the actions of another. Mm-hmm. I don't like the word justice there. Why not? Because I don't think any time taking a person's life is justice. Hmm. That's not, we don't have the ability as Christians to take someone else's life in that situation. I know we have, we set laws, we've done things like that in place. But in my, in my belief, I have not the authority in myself to do that. So you... 
Again, I'm making John answer questions that I'm not answering myself because this know, is a fun I know, it's so time. nice. It's yeah, so we great. don't usually do it this way. I appreciate but it. So, John, so are you opposed to the death penalty? No. Why not? Because I think... I think sometimes people do things so horrendous and so crazy and so bad that that's the only thing left that can take place. Okay. Now, I am opposed to these guys who've been on death row for 35 years um, and they're still there. Right. And I think there's a sense of um, we need to revamp our whole justice system. That's why I said it in like for justice to revamp our. <laughs> now I'm laughing at the death penalty. I know we <laughs> we revamp that to figure out the whole process. Yeah. And I also think that I am really concerned with the amount of things because we've all seen the crime shows. We've seen these things, mm -hmm. the the live documentaries of somebody being on death row for 10 years and then find out they were not. Yeah. Really. At fault. It was something else. Yeah. So I think we really need to to figure out a better system. But I also don't think there's a sense of... In this way, I think American laws has made the death penalty the end that justifies... That justifies to them a sense of relief. All right. Let's, let's, let's step back sense? from it and then get back to it again. Sure. So would you say that the justice system in America is fair? No. Do you think it treats certain people worse than others? Yes. So then that would mean that statistically speaking, it is highly likely that there are a number of people that our government has put to, to death, which we're guilty of sure. too, oh, yeah. that were innocent. Yes, I do. So if that is a risk, do you think it's worth the risk to maintain the system? That's why I think we need to revamp the system. Because I don't think it's worth the risk. So until we revamp the system, you're against the death penalty. But with a revamp system, you're pro-death penalty? I would say, yeah. I would have to see really... I, 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 <laughs> I'm about to break the internet. <laughs> so what I really think is I think we really need to revamp a lot of our our outlooks on things. And like you were talking about, mm -hmm. there are people who are held a higher standard than others. Yeah. Like, okay, you guys are from California. Your, your family's from Sometimes, California. unfortunately, but Sometimes. I'll own it. Yeah. Okay. Um, Charles Manson. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But, okay, let's, let's be, let's be pastors mean, for a second. Yeah, sure. Okay. As pastors, is anybody beyond the grace of Christ Jesus? No, not at all. So as a pastor, shouldn't I want him to stay alive as long as possible to know Christ? Yes. <laughs> that was a long yes. <laughs> I know, it was. <laughs> <laughs> so then... Wouldn't you then be, and again, I'm just being sure. devil's advocate as a word. Oh, I, just, no, I know. You're, like, so, you're enjoying this too much. So, so wouldn't it then be the idea is I should be opposed to death penalty so everybody lives as long as possible to have a chance to experience the freeing grace of Christ Jesus and remission of their sins and eternal glory with him? As a pastor, you should, but as a person, no. Ah. All right. And here's the thing is a pastor's job mm -hmm. is to love on the people and to care about the people. Yeah. But... As a citizen's job, our, our, it, it's going to sound really weird, but that for the greater good kind of thing, right? But we have to really take into account. No. This isn't your episode, this Crystal. Your episode. Pastor's job is also to protect his flock. Crystal's interjecting anyways. <laughs> a pastor's job is also to protect his flock. You have to get closer to the mic if you're going to yell at me. You can take over. She said, she said a pastor's job is also to protect his flock. I like that your wife is just gave me dirty looks and he's kept talking. So it's it's all good. It's hey, okay. Speaking of which wife, I'm not talking as much this time, I don't think. I probably am. 
Anyways, <laughs> um, so, so so yeah, so you're right. It's protecting protecting the flock, being there for his people. All, interesting fact that I I, I looked up. I told us I said we're not looking up stuff. I looked up a little bit. I did. I you looked myself. up a lot. Only a little. And and um, topics. Interestingly enough, it actually costs more. So death penalty. Yeah, it costs more. It costs more than just a life sentence. Sure. Um, and if somebody murders one of my children. Is killing them going to bring my child back? It really isn't. The answer to your question is no, but killing them may also bring a little closure for your family. Now, it might bring closure for my family, but let's stick, with just, what, let's stick with just me for now. Though. Sure, okay. for you. Me. If I am walking out my salvation in fear and trembling before Christ Jesus, as I should, uh-huh. then should their death bring me any more closure than I have in Jesus? No, and that's the problem with it. That's the problem of sin. Yeah. It's because what happens is when we lose someone or something, sin grabs a hold of us and we focus more on the human nature of it instead of the spiritual nature of it. Where, to be honest, in a Christian world, in a perfect Christian world, there should be no death penalty. There's our bumper sticker. Yep. We look for one every episode. I think I've, because I was leaning towards the whole, you know, the when you were talking about the the abortion thing and you were saying how, you know, it's Adam. And I was like, oh, that's Adam, not me. That's also another one I was thinking of. But, but in a perfect Christian world, there would be no death penalty. There would be no death penalty because everyone's trying to live that Christian life. And even if somebody messes up, they're going to be forgiven and received with forgiveness and grace. And we are going to be patient and covered by the blood of Christ Jesus to be able, be able to forgive them despite sure. the fact that they murdered somebody that we love. And I think really in the sense of we take into account the aspect of the... Being a pastor is protecting people. I agree with my wife 100%. We have to protect the flock. We have to protect people. But then you have to take into account also is protecting people is protecting everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we, we have, it's broken. And you brought up earlier that that the, syst- the justice system does not see everyone as equal. We know that for a fact. Yeah. Um, I don't know for sure, but I'm sure there's probably more black men in the prison system in the United States than there are white men. Very much so. They make up almost half the prison system. So, um, and then probably closer behind that is probably uh, Hispanics now. I know the Hispanics is mm-hmm. vendors boom in prison. Native situation. Americans are also way overrepresented as well. I know. I think yeah. that was weird too. But in the sense of that is, is we are not, our system is broken. Mm-hmm. And I really think across the board, I would love to see no death penalty until we fix our correctional systems because of, I feel like a lot of times we're, we're going overboard for some and underboard for others. All right. Here's a, here's a curveball for you. And we'll, this will get us through to the the end of this episode, I think. Oh, good. Then I can go cry. Yes. So, all right. You say that our current justice system as it exists is broken. um, Is broken. So death penalty um, logically might need to be suspended until we fix it, sort of a thing. Cross Talk about abortion and this idea that it's convoluted and, and difficult and because it just is, we're dealing with human lives. But also not a, a close-handed issue where it's a, a, a spiritual salvation issue. It's a, it's a, 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 a personal choice issue. Similar with death penalty as yeah. well. It's a, yeah, so, they, so here's the curveball for you then. All right, because you said in a Christian nation, Yes. right? which we have called ourselves since the beginning of our nation is, God we trust. is that we are a Christian nation. But if we have all these complexities and difficulties and problems and laws that are not right and systems that are not right and structures that are not right, um, should we be calling ourselves a Christian nation? No. 
So, so you say no. I do say no. Then why do we? Because it's what our parents did before us. Mm-hmm. We are we are calling ourselves a Christian nation, not because we are a Christian nation. We're calling ourselves a Christian nation because of those who've come before us. I'm gonna I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna say something controversial now because I made John say a lot of controversial things. Yeah, I appreciate that. Okay, I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna carry some of this load, John. It's almost like a trans the transgender issue. Yeah, I could see that. You got a lot of people in the church who are saying they're complaining because you have a biological man saying, but I identify as a woman. Call me a woman. Sure. And they say, but you don't have any of the stuff that makes a woman a woman. You don't have the woman parts. You don't have the woman DNA. You don't have. And they say, yes, but this is how I feel about myself. So I'm going to call myself this and you better call me this too. Meanwhile, so-called Christian person says, we are a Christian nation. Okay. We're sitting saying, but you don't fit the description of a Christian nation. You don't have Christian nation justice system. You don't have Christian nation support systems. You don't have, yeah, but I feel like I'm a Christian nation. So call me a Christian nation. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that load back for you right now. And I'm going to just carry that. And I'm going to tell you this. And this is why it's because the church has failed. Hey, that's my line. The reason the church has failed that is because <laughs> what we've done is we've taken all these different things. We're doing all these situations, all this, this stuff. Mm-hmm. And we've let it piled up. And instead of having a firm stance of the biblical stance, we've nitpicked what we want to fight over. Right. Yeah. And it's been happening since the, really since our nation was started, we were nitpicking over what we're going to fight for, what we're mm-hmm. not going to fight for and all these different things. But it's the church's fault. We've mm-hmm. allowed that to take place. We've allowed those things to happen because of our, to be honest, because of our desire to want to be liked. We want mm-hmm. to be a popular place where people go and they love people and they have a family. We're still in high school. We are. We we have <laughs> made, spoiler alert, the United States is nothing but one giant high school. <laughs> And then you die. Hence talking about death. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, but I think, I really think that a lot of these issues we have is because the church didn't step up when they needed to in the past. And that's not just an American thing. I, I, I you, I know you like reading about history as well. And, and you can find that pretty much we have always failed in this capacity as the church. Yes. Um, that we will pick something that we find important to us and we lose sight of the gospel. Sure. Um, and we got quite a few people who listen, who I know that you may not agree with us um, theologically. You may not even agree with us when it comes to Christ as Lord and Savior and all those things. Um, I, I recognize that. But I, I do want to say that one thing that people have been getting from this podcast that I hope they still get uh, is that we have a sincere love for Christ. We have a sincere love for each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a sincere love for, for Christ's church um, and his mission in this world of truly making this world his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah, we really um, we really want to make sure that with these topics we're picking aren't just topics that like it's it's literally we're discussing it with you guys. Yeah. And we're not trying to be we're not trying to be Billy Graham, we're not mm-hmm. trying to be any of these people that have come before us. We're trying to be ourselves and we want to be part of a church with no walls. Yeah. We want to be a part of the global church that goes through, getting a high five over here. There we go. <laughs> Rich yeah. wanted a high five on that one. <laughs> but yeah, we want to be a part of the church that has no walls. We are everywhere we mm. go. We are the church in ourselves, but also in the church in the community. And that's what we're trying to do here is yeah. we're trying to really just be, uh, I would, I, Kamar sent me a text message and I loved it. It was yesterday. It says, what if what if the church was just a group of people who if you're black you could be black if you're white you could be white if you're country you don't have to be city you mm-hmm. can be whatever you need to be and I think that's the thing is we are both 100% ourselves in our in everything we do yeah. and I think that's what we're trying to get across is that if the church is itself in every intended and becomes the church to the community 
we could change the world. Yeah. And and with this discussion, like we're going to have part two on this. We're going to talk about more serious topics. But my, my heart about this really is that you would see, okay, yes, be passionate about human life, um, whether it's before they're born or after they're born. Um, but also recognize, again, we don't have this perfect theology. And so if I'm meeting somebody out there on the streets and they say, hey, I'm a Christian too, and I happen to believe that it's a woman's right to choose to have an abortion, so quickly we jump to this place of, you must not be a Christian. Sure. And that is not, that is not I think, what Christ would want us to do. Or the other way around. I've also encountered people who are like, you're sitting here and you're, you're anti-choice. What about the love of Christ? And I think what we need to do is, is less of this in-house attacking. There is very, uh, you, you see the stuff that I do because I have the other things that I do with, with my Facebook Live videos. I'm very serious about doctrine. Yes. I'm very serious about the Word of God. I'm very serious that we do not compromise on that. But I'm telling you right now that these issues, this isn't doctrine. This is theological opinion. Yeah. Um, and on things that aren't doctrine, we should, be, we should have liberty and grace with people when it comes to things that aren't doctrine. On things that are doctrine, the Word of God is God's Word, period. Sure. Christ is the Son of God, period. There's only one way to salvation, that is Christ Jesus, period. When does human life start? Uh, should I kill somebody who is a murderer? Huh. That's the true biblical response, I say, is, well, what's the Spirit telling you? What culture are you in? What's your situation? Let me hear more of your story. Instead of me telling you whether or not I think the death penalty is right, let me hear your story and why you think it is or isn't. Sure. Because you know what? It might end up being that we disagree on the death penalty, but we agree on everything else that matters, and we can still get along just fine. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for listening today. I'm yeah. going to go find myself a corner and crying because all the hard <laughs> questions come right through at me today. And, and he's going to go. He's going to go search Amazon for chicken leather shoes. Yes, chicken leather. It's coming. So, either way, <laughs> appreciate you guys. Talk to you later. <laughs> Bye.